Welcome back, everybody, to the Spectator Report. My name is Taylor Brennan, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Alex and Drew. How are you guys? Good, how are you? Very good. So, Drew, you're in Texas right now. Give us the 411. Is everybody alive? Is everybody getting back to normal down there? How's it been? Uh, well, it was dicey for a second, so I guess the best way to explain it is we get a flurry here and there, you know, every winter, but we all were expecting, as I'm sure the governor of what, it just to be a dusting and we were done, and we, and everybody woke up to eight feet of snow or six, not eight feet, sorry, eight inches. I was going to say, if it was eight feet, we'd still be digging out, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but eight inches of snow, six inches of snow. And like, no, we have no plows, no salt. We have no prepare, preparation at all. They're just, their plan was to wait for everything to melt. So um, fast forward to no stores, having food and all that stuff, waiting in line for hours at Little Caesars and stuff like that to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Man. Uh, no, but I'm no glad way. you're doing all right. I'm honestly yeah, glad yeah. you're doing all right. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm glad. Now, I'm just glad that I don't have to eat pizza for a while. I'm kind of <laughs> over. You have pizza. PTSD from pizza now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, anything happening in your life? Anything going on down there in Panama? No, I, I actually, when you were getting pounded by snow, I was on a honeymoon in Punta Cana. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rude. Right? No. Um, it's... They finally opened up on the weekends. We were under strict, like full quarantine uh, on mm -hmm. the weekends. Um, this is the first weekend that they opened it up. So there's only a curfew and not a quarantine. And I'm actually shocked that it's not as packed as I expected it to be. I had to run to the grocery store and I expected everybody to be excited that they could go outside now and nobody seemed to care. So, we'll Yeah, see. I feel like it'll take a, a couple weeks or a couple months for people to finally feel okay with being around other people comfortably you know i don't know that i'm ever going to be comfortable with it again like stay away guys no no oh, gosh <laughs> <laughs> let's stay so. positive come on <laughs> um uh, yeah we got to talk about some more positive stuff here um <laughs> but just a little throw out you can listen to this podcast on anchor or spotify we also post these episodes to our facebook twitter instagram so make sure to check that out um so we're gonna jump into the sports report segment just some news updates um so back in january the yankees signed Corey cleaver to a one-year 11 million dollar deal he just had an impressive spring debut against the blue jays this past week he threw 22 pitches three strikeouts a pretty perfect two innings if he stays healthy, do you guys think he'll be a major threat this season? Uh, Alex, you can go first if you want. I think absolutely, yeah. Um, I I looked at 68% strikes, and, I mean, it was only two innings, so he got out of it with 22 pitches in two innings. I think it's fantastic. I would think it was three up, three down, both of them. It, granted, it's spring training, and I don't know who got on the bus for the Blue Jays, but uh, – that's that's fantastic, and I hope definitely hope it stays. Um, if and if it does, I, it'll be a tremendous addition to the team this year. Absolutely. I, but I'll go back to the 
my only thing I care about spring training is that they get in the rhythm of it and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> Just please come back to New York without any injuries. So as long as he can stay healthy, I, I think we're going to be good. What about you? I I agree. I think he's going to be fine. I think that he hasn't given any reason why he can't be the same thing he was when he was healthy. I mean, you can, I think you can't really blame him or his, uh, you know, like his pitching for some freak injuries that happened over a couple seasons. So I think that we kind of got like a, a deal on getting him. Uh, I mean, cause he's not, he's not old by any means. Um, and he's one of those kind of guys where he doesn't need to be like, you know, extra managed or anything. He kind of knows what kind of work needs to be done to get his job done. So he's going to go out there and do it. You know, he's kind of the opposite of a lot of the other young guys they have, which is yeah. But which is a needed presence. I'll go back to he just has to stay healthy, which exactly is with him. It's the wild card, and I don't. If he can, it's fantastic, and it's gonna be a tremendous season. It'll be exciting to watch. If he can't, then I'm just glad that it was only a one year contract on 11 million, and not, I don't know, some of these contracts that are coming out now, like they didn't drop 250 million over five years or something stupid like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I mean, I think that he's gonna, I just, I don't feel like, I I don't feel like he's injury prone unless we see this, you know, persist for, I say that you can call someone injury prone if it's over two seasons of consistent injuries. But I thought it was two in a row, but maybe I'm mistaken. I think two, two different ones though, like, because I feel like. I would, if I'm going to think about an injury prone pitcher, I'm going to say like somebody like Steven Strasburg or somebody like that, where it seems like he's creating injury. Like, I don't even know some of those injuries he's got. I've never even heard of before. And it's just like, I feel like their goal is to get him through games, you know, at 85%. You know, like, I feel like for him, he, this guy, I think before 2018, he was. He, it was no question he was going to be there, you know, every fifth day. So let's, let's, yeah. let's, I'm just going to keep my mindset there. I mean, if he doesn't work out, he was a lot cheaper than it would have been to get, you know, one of the other guys to pay him 20 million and then they go down. It's, uh, it's a low cost, high reward. Exactly. That's, that's the way that I look at it. So I'm pretty excited uh, to watch him this season. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, I can agree to that. Um, We definitely, moving on, like to talk about a pretty scandalous or controversial topic. Um, And Domingo Herman is definitely in that mix. Um, So he was placed on administrative leave back in 2019 and suspended for 81 games for domestic violence allegations against his girlfriend. You could say he's definitely caused more controversy than he's worth. And it does bring into question the Yankees' morality when keeping him on the roster. Um, He did have a pretty impressive debut Friday against the Detroit Tigers. But do you guys think talent will be enough to win his team members back and win the fans back? I'm going to start with I think you have to remember that we have a role as Chapman on the team. And and he got in trouble. If I remember correctly, he was shooting a gun in his wall of his garage because he got in an angry fight with his 
girlfriend, fiance, I don't wife, I don't remember which one it was. And then when the investigation was going into MLB, his answer is to the investigation to MLB was I'm Latin, we're fiery, energetic people. And I just got excited. They have a role as Chapman who similarly served a, a suspension for, for domestic violence or domestic altercations. And so uh, morality aside, I think the team as a whole seems to take those suspensions. Is it kind of like what they're doing with the steroid suspensions? Do you get hit with the steroid suspension? They just seem to forget about it and you just keep going. That's, that's the way that it seems to be. True. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't, I don't really put a lot of, uh, I'm not putting a lot of eggs in Domingo Herman's basket in the first place. I think everything he brings that's above average is a, uh, a benefit. I mean, I don't. I never expected him to even still be in the conversation. Okay. Um, so, the Athletic uh, has an article from February twenty first, and it says, "I just found this." According to multiple league sources, including a person with knowledge of the MLB investigation, Herman was intoxicated and became physically violent towards his girlfriend until she hid in a locked room. The victim is said to have contacted the wife of another Yankee player. The couple drove, so the wife and the other player, drove to Herman's home late night. The victim remained with the teammate's wife while the player attempted to calm down Herman, who is said to have been angry and belligerent. So at that point, it's not even you got an altercation with your wife, which is awful to begin with, but now your coworker had to come and get you to calm down. That one might be a little bit different than Chapman situation because that you brought in the team or your coworkers in that situation and they saw you. It wasn't just you can say it's not a he said, she said. I think at that point it's the dude with the locker a couple down from you. Watch what happened, you know? So, but they haven't traded him. They haven't done anything. And this happened in 2019. They had plenty of time to do something about it and they haven't. So I don't think they're going to do anything about it. No. Not now. No, I mean, yeah, I, I like. I don't think like I don't think they. To be honest, it's a dollars and cents thing. I mean, he's cheap, and he can pitch all he's right. Cheap and he can pitch, yeah. <laughs> so I think that yeah, I I mean if but Brian Cashman and all the other players have been really honest though too. If you at when they are asked about it, they're like, it's it's his ground to make up. If he doesn't make it up, then they don't. They're not going to be like crying if you if he's gone you know so uh, the only thing i want to point out is is what i don't understand and i i could be wrong i swear he lived in my building in yonkers <laughs> when i lived in new york when this was happening and i don't recall this situation going down i'm not saying it didn't happen at all i'm just <laughs> shocked that i missed it i think is because he lived in my building so for yeah. a fact he lived in your building yeah yeah he lived in my building oh wow so <laughs> yeah I feel, yeah, I feel like this definitely would have been a pretty loud situation. Maybe you were fast asleep at this point. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, you know, unfortunately, I feel like we see this a lot throughout baseball. But um, I did see one of his teammates, though. I forget who it was specifically, but he was like, you know, you can't pick your teammates. So I definitely think that you know, a lot of the players necessarily might not have a lot of respect for him. And he's 
gonna have to make that ground up and just be on his best behavior for sure so we hope for the best um but i keeping with the yankees um we did see aaron boone this last week going into the hospital to get a pacemaker put in he is only 48 years old and this comes after having open heart surgery in 2009 um, but he wasn't away from the game too long. Um, he was back in the dugout on Saturday, which I think is awesome. But, you know, we're not medical professionals, so it's hard to say. But do you guys think he should take some time, rest, recover? Or do you think it's good for him to be back in his routine? I don't know. I, I'm I think... the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think he's going to. I think that it's a it's a risk for him because uh, I I just think that the sec that it's the second surgery is a, is a red flag. I think that it kind of reminds me of something of Urban Meyer situation where yes, they, he can do the job and he can manage the stress to a degree, but at what point is it going to be? I'm choosing my family over baseball or whatever, and so I think that. To his, he's in a situation right now where they they have time and they have people around him that are talented. Maybe he should take, you know, it's spring training. Just take a couple of weeks at least, you know. I mean, I think that. I mean, I know the the spotlight's on him because we got money locked in on this season. But I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think that it's good for us, yeah, for World Series aspirations. But it's going to be bad down the road because I feel like this is a higher chance of him leaving early. So that's my, I'm, I'm not a doctor at all. I'm genuinely, but I'm genuinely concerned about his health. You, you said it's the second surgery. Um, and I thought the first one was open heart surgery in 2009. So yeah. Has, so then it's 11, 12 years later, he has a pacemaker put in, he's 47. Um, he, he might have the brains and the skill to do the job, but I'm genuinely concerned about his health. And mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that heart can't take the stress, and and a front office job will be better for him. Whether or not he actually does it, I, I don't know. But, I, at what point do you decide I want to spend the time with my kids and see my kids grow up? Then, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, there's being in the majors is a completely different mindset than anything I have at all. So <laughs> I can't say one way or the other, but. I wouldn't be surprised if if this season, next season, whenever his contract's up, he's like, okay, I want a less stressful job so that I can watch my kids graduate from college, you know? So Exactly. I mean, he could walk into ESPN tomorrow and get his job back. So oh, I'm think- sure, yeah. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's. I feel like for him, though, it's, you know, you can take him out of the game, but he'll four- never be able to take the game out of him. <laughs> Exactly. I just, yeah, you you made a really good point, Drew. About at what point do you choose your family over the game of baseball? And he's getting really, really close to having to make that decision. Exactly. I didn't. He has four kids. Two, two according to Wikipedia, two biological, two adopted. So, if I'm in his shoes, I want to watch my kids grow up, and I want to see them them graduate. I don't. I. I I'd consider if I was him, I would consider moving to a front office role as much as I would like to be on field personnel. I think 
front office might be better for him long term. But then well, like we you definitely... said, oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I'll say, like you said, he could just go get his job back at ESPN or MLB Network or Fox Sports or or one of those those or RSN either or two. I think that's a possibility. But uh, forty-seven and getting a pacemaker is kind of a wake-up call. If the open heart surgery wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, well, we definitely wish him the best. Prayers to him and his family that he has a speedy recovery. Um, you know, that's all we can hope for. Hope for. Um, so we want to start doing a segment called Deep Dive, where we are going to pick a topic, a team, and really just analyze it. So this week, we are breaking down the National League West teams. So these are the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. So who do you guys think has the least impressive roster and the most impressive roster so far this season? Uh, least as easy as Arizona, oh, God, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I looked on their roster, and the only name – they have Madison Bumgarner. Um, <laughs> poor guys, I mean – uh, I'm a Royals fan, and they—I hate Madison Bumgarner for that. You know, 2014. <laughs> um, but but poor guy stuck out there with nothing around him. Um, it it's the it also is like the land that like time forgot. Um, I didn't realize that Joaquin Soria was still playing and is playing in Arizona. Uh, Estrubal Cabrera is still playing. Tyler Clifford from the Nationals, and now he's been around in a few other teams. They, it's it's. That's the place that people go to, to keep playing, and they don't want to retire. I guess it's the it's land like, of misfit toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's and it's so embarrassing. Like they have a, um, they're not Pittsburgh with or Miami or Baltimore or Cleveland with their payrolls, but it's they're spending money, and I don't like they're they're, I don't know what they're spending their money on at all. So they had that's. It's Arizona's definitely. I'm glad I'm not a Diamondback fan. Yeah, there's no end in sight for their no, no. rebuilding. <laughs> and and along those lines, I feel the same way about Colorado. Um, they yeah. at this point they have what um, Trevor Story's on his last year of his contract, um, and I think they've got uh, was it Charlie Blackman? And other than that, they've got nobody. Um, and that's. It's no, I'm glad I'm not a Rockies fan either. And that's, I, I think I, one of the other episodes, I mentioned a quote that I saw a lady gave an interview and asked if they were the Texans of, of Major League Baseball. And I think the answer is yes, they've become the Texans of Major League Baseball. They just, I don't know. I think the thing though about Colorado always has, intri- they at least have intriguing players um, coming through. Obviously, you know, Arenado and all the, it's just, I don't know. I, I I don't think they've ever had a persona. Like they never, they never really, except in the nineties when they, yeah. you know, when they had Galarraga and all that stuff, but I, or not Galarraga, um, what's his name? Uh, Todd Helton. Todd Helton. Yeah. Larry, yeah, Larry yeah. Walker and all that. But yeah, I just, I don't know about their, what is their, when you play Colorado, what is the thing they're going to do? You know, like nobody knows, you know, cause they don't really have like a thing. So, you know, 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that Ian Desmond is sitting this season out. So this is the second in a row that he's sitting out. Um, yep. And and so at this point he's turned a, turned down thirteen million between this season and last. And my 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 first thought was, is this because they traded Ornato? And he's just like, all right, guys, I'm done. I'm done. Hmm. Like, I, there's, there's no point in coming back, and I can afford to lose the eight million this season. I'm. And so it is. Maybe I'm just talking out my butt, but does have does. Is this the impact we're seeing of trading Arenado and them having nothing? Is the players are like, no, I don't even want to bother. It's not worth coming in. I, I just, well, I think Ian Desmond, though, on the field, though, I think the, the his problem is that he doesn't really, he's kind of like uh, Andujar. He doesn't really do anything very well. <laughs> he does a lot of things pretty good. So, <laughs> but, but uh, he hasn't been a player that has – he's not Mike Trout money or Strasburg no. money uh-huh. or, or Harper money. And so to turn down $13 million over 18, 24 months, that's not an insignificant sum. True. So I'm just curious, has, has Colorado gotten to the point where the players don't even want to go there? Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're, the thing that could fix them is the coaching. But, yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about this in a past episode, but we are seeing a new rivalry in the making. And I saw this a little bit in the news, how the Padres and the Dodgers are really excited to kind of go head to head this season, really see who comes out on top. Do you think that's really going to be the most exciting thing that comes out of the NL West this year? I don't know. I I don't know. What do you think, Alex? I, I think definitely it'll be the, the Padres and the Dodgers. Um, the Giants at this point are just running on autopilot, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm not even – but I, I think for the Dodgers, this is their last real year to push at it unless they decide uh, – they've not cared at all about the, the luxury tax at this point, so maybe they don't care next year. But – the number of players that they have leaving at the end of this season, at least in terms of contract, they have Kershaw's gone, Kyle Seeger's gone, Chris Taylor, Corey Knubel, um, Kenley Jensen, Joe Kelly. That's that's a, a chunk of their roster leaving at the end of the season, and I feel like this is this is their one real push. But maybe they end up really being like the Yankees of the West, where there's never really a real build, rebuilding phase. True, I think. I, I think that they'll it, that'll definitely be a rivalry, but I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because I think this team that they set up feels a lot like when the Nationals had their super pitching team s- set up and then they were like the bottom of the division because they didn't have a bullpen. I and I think that they relied on past past um, you know performances in their lineup. Dodgers, I think, are going to. They're always there. I'm never going to bet against them. But I think I won't be. I won't be surprised if they have trouble because I feel like if I'm going to expose them, I'm going to wait out their starting pitching and I'm going to destroy their um, bullpen. That's yeah. the way to beat them. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I also think. So I, the thing that I missed and and I didn't realize is that there was an ownership change in the Padres in November, um, oh. and so I think that's where. Uh, 
they started spending more and now they've really opened up the checkbook is with the ownership change. One of the minority owners took a controlling interest. So that's, that's helping, but they have, uh, and I think enough players on con- on the books for this year and next year that if they don't do it this year, I don't think it's a failure. I think it's figuring out how the team works together to be able to push towards next year. Exactly. And they got two Tommy John injuries, don't they? They got, uh, what's his name from Cleveland? Uh, um, oh, I just had it. Yeah. And there's one, and there's one more guy. I think that's hurt. So they have, they have like a six, six man deep rotation because they got two injuries, I think. Yeah. They, they did get you Darvish to see, uh, off season. They got Blake Snell. They got them both in trades. Um, and they picked up a, uh, oh no, he's a, sorry, second base shortstop. Uh, Kim is a, they picked him up from, from Korea. Um, but I, they have, they have the time. If I'm if I'm in San Diego, I'm just at least excited that the team that's being put out on the field isn't things like I like Eric Cosmer, but they overpaid for Eric Cosmer. But yeah, he's he's on the block. <laughs> <laughs> but but at least uh, I felt like doing that was is in some ways like what the Nationals had done in the past when they've overpaid for a couple of players. Uh, what was his name? Jason Worth. They over they really overpaid on Jason Worth to be able to show other players were, were willing to do it, so I, I think that that's what Eric Hosmer was for them. And then they got Manny Machado, and then they, they just the Fernando Tatis Jr. His extension blows my mind because he's played less than 142 games. True, that could bite them. I think they they pulled the trigger too early. Why not use arbitration years? I I think absolutely they had the chance to. Maybe they wanted to really make a statement to the fans and like say this is the face of the franchise, um, but he's 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 too much of an unknown for me to have dropped. What was it, three hundred and something? I wrote it. Oh, it's um okay. I don't. It's great. It's it's an insane amount of money. It's it's fourteen years and um like sorry fourteen years three hundred and forty million dollars. So he's, because. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, think about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge was on the same trajectory he's on right now. Imagine if we dropped the Brinks truck in front of him. He hasn't even been able to stay on the feet. I mean, no, dumb. No, <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I mean, I will say maybe, I don't know. It's a really backloaded contract. He's oh. only getting he's only getting 1.7 this year, 5 next okay. year, 7 the year after, 11, 20. And then it hits like... I think like 30 million after that, but so it's, he'll ease into it, but 300, 340, they've got just like almost a billion dollars in their infield. And imagine all it takes is something, somebody sliding into freaking second base hard. And now you're eating $300 million. Could could you imagine that would just be, could, could you imagine like they're going for a fly ball and Machado and, and Tatis collide. And, then, and there's $650 million sitting on the, the, the disabled list because the two of them broke each other's ankles. Like I get yeah. more power to them. I'm, I'm excited to see the team spend the money on the players. So I'm excited in that, but the, this is to me like ultra high risk, ultra high reward, but mm-hmm. If they, they want to, oh, the other comment I have is 
The Brewers kind of did the same with Ryan Braun, and that came to bite them pretty hard. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen with them, but there's always that that chance that the guy you make the face of the franchise becomes not the person you want to be the face of the franchise. And then they keep opting into those stupid <laughs> opt-ins, you know, right. like Braun did. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I think that... I, I just I feel like every sport, not just baseball, whenever you assemble a team that you say is the all star team, it never no never works in that no <laughs> that way. Hey, you know what? It, you can spend all the money you want on the players, but all you the, twists his ankle coming running to first on a routine ground ball, and then he's out for six months, and then it or or Chen Ming Wang, and the the. He heard his oh, what was the order of that? He heard his ankle that, and then they rushed him back, and he changed his throwing motion, and then he broke. Like it's, I wish I could remember the actual details, but it was a series of mis- unfortunate events that landed him with a football injury. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, and then you ask yourself this question: If they don't have Tatis, are they a comp- competitive team? I, I think that they are. Um, it, because I, I'm going to say that he's only played 140-something games. So he's, to me, still too much of an unknown to say that they're not competitive without him. I, I understand the excitement around him when they're playing in, in San Diego, and especially because it's not something like Manny where they brought in on a free agent. This is somebody that they brought up. But I don't – I think that they, they – I, I – I think that they would be okay, not fine, like perfect, but I still think they'll give the Dodgers a run for their money if he ends up missing a season this year, next season, because of an injury. I don't think it's, for them, the end of the world, given they have they have a decent team still without him. True. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's early to call. It is only spring training, but... Do you guys think we're going to see any of these teams go all the way this year? Obviously not Arizona or Colorado. But. <laughs> Who knows? Uh... I think it's too soon for San Diego. I think that especially with the shortened season last year, they're, they're still trying to figure out how to play together. So if it's going to be anybody, I think the Dodgers are going to go back. Whether they win it, I, I think it's way too early to tell. Um, but I would put the Dodgers over San Diego. What about you? I would too. Yeah, I would say that the Dodgers have a better chance, and I think that I know you didn't like the, the Giants lineup, but I think the Giants are asleep, a sleeper in that division. I think they got a bunch of unknowns there that could swing good or bad. And if they swing good, I mean, they still got guys that have experience in the World Series, so I think that they could. I think that they could become a good team, you know, like a wild card team that gets lucky. Yeah. I mean, they could, and, and I could just be crapping all over them for, for no reason. Um, but when I look at their lineup, it's not the lineup they used to have that excited me. It's no. And so you, you could be right that they could just be sleepers that, that make it, but I, the second highest paid player is Johnny Cueto. So, yeah, he needs to go. Yeah, I think if they can get rid of some of those old contracts, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think they got, they have obviously a good front office. They know what they're doing. I mean, 
it was pretty crazy there for, for a while in the early 2000s. You know, they were, they were making but a run at it. They did, but they also had, um, I'll say, more exciting talent, more personality than, yeah. than I think that they have now. Um, um, what the hell do they call him? Kung Fu Panda. Sandoval <laughs> was exciting to watch at third base. It, it, mm-hmm. And he's had his a series of unfortunate events for him as well. But I look at the lineup and they have Evan Longoria, who's a guy who doesn't show up to work every day and give his heart, but he's not the kind of guy that generates excitement for me. Yeah. I mean, I like, what about Yaz's son? Yes, that guy. I, yeah, I, it's. I think it's a, a bit too early to tell. And so it could be exciting. It could be really exciting. I just, when I look at the roster compared to what they had five, six, seven years ago, it's not, it's not, it doesn't bring me joy. You know what I mean? So that's the best way I can explain it. But you think they're going to be sleepers? You think they're going to? I think that if, that they are probably going to love to be the spoilers for the Dodgers and the Padres. And I think that, you know, their personality, they have one. It's they, they fight to the last out of the last inning of every game. They might not win, but you know, they're not going to be counted out. And I feel like they're like a scrappy team. And I think that that's dangerous for those high budget, those big budget teams. I also uh, the, there's a number of guys on that team who are in their contract year, so they may be giving it their extra to either get an extension or to get a good free agent deal somewhere else. At the end of this season, so this season their their payroll is 156 million. Next season they only have 38 million. The rest of it comes <laughs> off. So that's that's a lot of guys looking for work. So maybe you're right. Maybe these are the guys, you got a team trying to put it all together to get a good contract somewhere else because we pay based on past performance. True. And if they get good, that that team has money. They can pay you. Mm -hmm. It's just why pay for a bad team? (laughs) (laughs) I won't say anything. And on that note, let's head into our final segment of the episode today we're going to take a time out and debate debate a hot topic this week we're talking about cheating managers back in baseball so we see alex cora back with the red sox aj hinch with the tigers do you guys think these coaches these managers should be back in baseball alex what do you i think this goes back to our conversation earlier about domingo herman and personally, no, I don't think that either one of these coaches should be back in baseball. This, this is, this was blatant cheating. This, this wasn't like, oh, I made a mistake. This was, we're beating on a trash can so that we know what pitch is coming, right? That's, I, I no, I, but this is baseball and they have the skills and the same way that with the, the steroids players, they, get contracts and um, the morality doesn't really have a place when it comes to winning a world series. 
uh, in baseball is what we're learning. And so while I think no, I, I don't think either one of these guys should be in, in coaching right now. The lead, the game says otherwise. I'm just. It's true. Just yeah. I think, yeah. I agree with you. I don't think that they're, I, I mean, obviously the Red Sox are the biggest insult. And he went back situation. to the same damn team. Like, that just pisses me off. Like, come on. Like, they're like, all right, man, just sit out the season. We got you. We got you. Don't worry. We're going to come back and get you. Like, at least Hinch went from Houston to Detroit, but he went back to the same damn team, right? So, yeah. Okay. I, just... I, I mean, it might be put in the put in the hands of us, you know, like, like how, you know, this whole stuff that's been coming out with Mickey Calloway and that guy Porter, maybe something will come out else and it'll be in our hands to be like, listen, these guys can't be allowed to be in these jobs, you know. But I, but I, I so, so far they've just cheated. I mean, which they, is bad. <laughs> so, so if if we look at, I think the Domingo Herman and Aroldis Chapman examples. I think there were a couple other players. I think one just got hit with suspension. I, I wish I remembered his name, and yeah. I, I don't. Um, I would, if we want these guys to me. A domestic altercation is leaps and bounds of a more um, worse thing than cheating in baseball. But we're still letting these guys come back and play. Uh, so I don't think there's no repercussion. You sit out like I think that's what we just told everybody is that you sit out for a year, miss out on what the managers they get paid like two, three, four million a year, miss out on two, three, four million. And we're going to come back and pick you up and you're going to come and play. And there's no, we just said that there's no, no accountability, no anything. There's no punishment for this. They missed out on one season. Okay. He just plays or manages for another season longer. True. I think that, yeah, I mean, I think it just proves that the commissioner is kind of like, uh, you know, a pawn. He's not really able to make any kind of sweeping decisions but on anything my, my thing with manfred is is it that he can't or is it that he doesn't want to because Probably. i i hate manfred with a passion um i Selig had as many faults but he didn't call the commissioner's trophy a chunk of metal you know it, it's well so yeah I, I think uh, my personal opinion is that manfred just doesn't give a shit he only cares about putting a product on a field and not the uh, peripherals of it all, which true. I mean, that this is probably what we're talking about right now is the reason why we're, we're playing catch up to the NBA as we speak, because we end the, obviously the NFL is like in the freaking, <laughs> <laughs> they already finished, but uh, like, uh, I think I just think that everything this whole old school mentality that this commissioner has and the previous one and all these other owners and stuff have I just don't think it works with the viewership now and I think that no people want somebody that thinks outside the box I I, I think it's I agree but I, I want to take it one step further I think it's more than somebody that wants to say things outside of the box I think the demographic of 
the players and the fans, a lot of the fans, is not the same as reflected in the ownership or the league. And so you have these old white men controlling everything to the way that they did it 20, 30, 40 years ago. And you, I, I think they're going to, if they don't make changes, especially in things like the unwritten rules of baseball and throw the bat when you celebrate a home run, things that bring personality to the game, I think that they're going to have a problem long-term, especially when you have all these really, really expensive TV viewership contracts, but nobody's subscribing to watch your games. Exactly. I mean, they could have taken the Astros thing and used it as a, as a, as a way to show that we've advanced since the steroid era, but instead we showed not, nothing. you know, they showed nothing that there was no, <laughs> there was oh, Jesus, the players. there's no implications on the players. I think Carlos Beltran is the person who, who ringleader or not, is the person who suffered the most from this because he had the coaching job with the Mets, lost the coaching job, and that was his chance. Alex Cora just goes back to the Red Sox. AJ Hinch goes to to Detroit. It's they didn't give a shit. They they True. they didn't care. They said they wanted that feel good story for Houston. They don't. They did nothing. They did nothing. And and the same way that they did nothing for the Red Sox. They had that report come out. It flew under the radar, and they did nothing. The whole thing was they were going to wait to punish Alex Cora and and really go after the Red Sox until that report came out, and they did nothing. True. I mean, I think that they they could have at least disqualified. I would have been happy enough if they just disqualified the Astros for a few years from the playoffs or something along something. those lines. Something like. Uh, I, I understand completely that they're two different sports and, and the situations that happened are different. But Penn State, when they had the Sandusky issue, couldn't play oh gosh. Couldn't play playoff football for several seasons. Mm-hmm. They just maybe you kill the franchise of Houston and they don't want to do that and it's different than our college that's gonna still get people to play. But I they did nothing. And that angers me. As a fan, that angers me. That they just said it's fine to cheat. Just guys, next time, don't bang on the damn trash can so loud that it's captured on the camera. You know, I I think when you brought Penn State into this, it definitely made me look at the whole situation in a light. And I don't know if our listeners know, I did go to Penn State. I'm from State College. I was in high school when everything when Sandusky happened. And it was not a fun time here. You know, they were affecting students and players' lives long after the the scandal even happened. And so it's, you know, you want to give justice where justice is due, but it kind of has to be a standard across the board. You know, it has to, you have to hold people accountable, but don't make the others suffer, you know, when... It's just not necessary. No, so so I, I can understand that part. But this was their chance to turn the page. This was the, the first big thing since the steroid scandal and all of that mm-hmm. 15 years ago. This was their, the first real scandal in baseball. And they had the chance to say it's not the same old game. And so maybe the answer isn't saying you don't get to play in the playoffs. Maybe you lose draft picks. Maybe you mm-hmm. – 
lose international signing bonus money. I, I don't know what the actual solution could have been, but it, it was anything more than you just don't get to play baseball for or manage baseball for a year. There was and like the, a million dollar fine, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that's a slap on the wrist. Come on, they just charged a, a, a what's the word? I can't think of the word right now. They just charged an advertiser a million dollars more. Spread it off across, you know, you want to advertise here at Minute Maid Park, charge an extra $100 per time we show the ad and they made up for the money. It's such a bullshit response to what, like, oh. I mean, it's affected careers. Think about David Robertson. That was it. That's almost, that could be the end of his career because of that, that game he played against them. There, there, it's a, that's a very good point. There were several players, and, and I used to have the list, and I, I don't remember them off the top of my head. David Robertson is a good example. They weren't the only other player. There have been several um, looking back at the videos and seeing uh, the games where these players, these pitchers specifically, got shelled. He, and you can hear, when you go back and you know you're looking for the drum on the trash can, you can hear the drum on the trash can, and they're just teeing off on these pitchers. And it's not because these pitchers suck. It's because they had the damn trash can. But these these guys no longer, they, they get released or are optioned down to the minors or, or um, clear waivers completely and off the 40-man roster because they got shelled because these people are banging on a trash can. So... The implications to this was so much more than they won the World Series trophy. They impacted the careers of others. Major League Baseball had the chance to take a stand. And their stand was, we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it goes with, it's unfortunate, but it kind of goes with the mentality that some in, in like the political realm, which is not which we're, where we want to get away from, I feel like. It's, I, I, without getting overly political. Exactly. The thing that I will say is it's very obvious on many levels of society that there are no repercussions for your actions unless you don't have the means to pay for it. But exactly. this was a perfect chance and, and they did nothing. And it's Remember the apology? Yeah. Do you remember the news conference? How big of a slap in the face was that? It, it, and that they were so – like my thing was that the players, um, Springer and Altuve, they were so belligerent about it. Like, and they couldn't, like, look, I've been hit in the stomach with a face fastball that was thrown, I don't know, 65, 70 miles an hour. And that hurts. It hurts. So getting drilled with a fastball by somebody who's throwing 100, that hurts. I imagine it's even worse than that. I wouldn't want to get hit. But at the same point, there needs to be some kind of, if that's how they're going to police it, then I, I don't like the idea of throwing at people. But there's not, they've done nothing else. And and I just think it's hmm. for me, and I'll be completely honest with you. For me, I took a step away from baseball after that. I was like, "This is ridiculous. This is true." There's what is the point of of watching and and rooting for for this if a team can bang on a trash can and let them know what's coming and win? And and they did nothing. And I think to to your point about the repercussions, I think um, oh, a, Tony LaRusso's signing was uh, is another big indication of this is that they knew that he got popped for a DUI, and they 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 have hired him anyway, with knowing that this is what was on 
coming and it's we have had the conversation a few times and i realize i'm going on a rant it's a huge rant and i'm sorry we've had the conversation a few times of how do you tell your kids about the players yeah and and i i think that this it's becoming a sport where i don't know how you tell the kids true or or what about think about this how many other opportunities there could have been for other people that these guys that got slaps on the wrist have taken away from, you know, like the guy that got the job or uh, what's his name? Um, AJ Hinch Mm -hmm. took a job away from somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, What's it called? uh, Alex Cora took a job away from some. It's like, this is not doing. This is pushing. It's like making us go back in time. So why not just start washing our hands of all the bad people? And move forward. If I'm completely honest, I don't think that either one of those people, either Hinch or Cora, are exceptional masterminds of baseball that would warrant forgiving what they did. Like, like okay. do you know what I mean? They're not like the Einstein of baseball, or or something like that. It's they're. It, I think it's a, a really rotten situation all around, where. They, I think that they've done so much harm to the brand of baseball. And <laughs> oh, that's my dog. It's <laughs> adorable. Your dog's name. Your dog has a lot to say about right. Like he's like. I think, uh, I think that was with the Oscars when they flashed the lights to get off the stage. I think that was the yeah. to get off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. I think on that note, we could all agree you both make really good points that I feel like we are a generation that we hold people accountable. And I feel like as we take over leadership positions in baseball, hopefully we see a ripple effect of change. Who knows? Can't predict the future. But real, Alex, real quick. You, look like, you look like you have something to say. No, no, since we're talking about accountability and things like that. Um, last episode, I kept saying that uh, Barry Bonds was convicted of tax evasion. Uh, he was convicted of perjury. I want to make the correction. It was perjury, not tax evasion. And then it went, there was a, to a, uh, there was appeal. It was not, it, it, on the second appeal, the, the conviction was overturned. Uh, so I just want to make the correction out there that, that it was perjury and not tax evasion and it was overturned. So, no problem. Well, thank you for practicing what you preach there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to our episode this week. Next week, we're going to be covering and breaking down the Yankees spring training. So, that'll be fun. Um, So, definitely make sure to follow us on our social media, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. See See you.